my god <sighs> like honestly like why why was spidey's junk so pronounced <laughs> Hello, welcome to Tencent Takes, the podcast where we trawl through comic book trash one issue at a time. My name is Mike Thompson, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the badass of bargains herself, Jessica Frazier. Woohoo, take me to those dollar bins, baby! <laughs> How are you doing? I am, I am fan-fucking-tastic. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. I can't complain. Today, we are doing another episode of Dollar Bin Discoveries, which is when we talk about what we have found while spending a lot of time rooting through dollar bins at local shops looking for interesting stuff. And if you're new to our show, the purpose of these little mini episodes is basically a lot of the issues that we find in the dollar bins are really fun and weird, but there may not be enough there for us to do a deep dive on. Though, at the same time, we may decide to come back to an issue that we found and focused on for one of these episodes. These episodes feature both of us talking about one random issue that we came across in the dollar bins and basically focusing on what it is, what goes on inside it, and why it's interesting enough to talk about, even if only for a short period of time. So, like we said, these are mini episodes that are meant to provide you with some weekly content between our more in depth discussions about the weirder and more interesting moments of comic book history. So, Jessica, why don't you kick us off and tell us about your latest dollar bin discovery that you feel we should be aware of? I would love to, because mine is a real gem today. It's issue number one of a three-part series called Instruction for Making a Proper Offering to Forgotten Gods, which is underscored as a Jim the Knight adventure. I have never heard of any of these things. I have not either, but just you wait, because it's amazing. It's by Behemoth and Happy Tank. It was published in March of 2022, illustrated by Igor Wolski, written by Robert Schenecki and Jan Mazur, colored by Spell. Lettering and Design by Robert Shinicki. Hmm. And I feel like this is best as described on the back cover, though I'll include my own addendum, of course. So it says, Things aren't good in the Kingdom of Fancy Lake. The crime level is rising rapidly. King and Queen die in a terrible accident, and Prince Drakewald, while being a proper ruler, just for several minutes, already worries the city folks with the radical ideas and love for the occult. And above mm. all that, an unknown stranger arrives in the capital. We don't know where he came from or who he is. Led by a mysterious witch, and perhaps the destiny itself, he appears always where there is a need for a hero. All we know is that he is strong and righteous. Well, we also know his name. They call him Janik. Knight Janik. <laughs> okay. And the story is really clever and witty, and the main hero, you know, Janik, of the story is such a snacky goof. 
he like literally he's he's all eyeballs for food he's like constantly stuffing his face with something like one of, he's got like pastries at one point he's like oh well it would be a crime to pass up a good deal and he's like maybe i'll buy one and then you see him in the next frame with like seven pastries and his cheeks full <laughs> oh okay so it's me at the donut shop okay i get it yeah, it's me at the donut shop too shit i'll buy a dozen and put them in the freezer and be like snacks for a week man <laughs> oh man there's there's this really great donut shop near our house and i go there about once a week and i'm like all right well i'm gonna get one donut for me and one for the kids and I get one for the kids, but then I walk out with like four for me because I'm like, they're all so good. Well, and they somehow multiply as you're saying it out loud. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. It's just, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but suddenly I'm (laughs) here. I am with half a dozen donuts and I have to eat most of them. Oh no. Oh no. And just like me, Janik has the attention span of a squirrel. (laughs) Hmm. But he also craves saving the day, which maybe isn't me. (laughs) And there were so many points in the story where I literally laughed out loud or like repeated the whatever phrase had been said off of the screen, like out loud, because I was laughing so hard about it. And the writing is just superb. Now, the illustration is amazing as well. Oh, okay, this <laughs> no <great>. notes. <laughs> yeah, no notes. It's like it's lush. The colors are vibrant. The story is predominantly like this kind of green kind of color, and there's lots of plants and trees. And then the cityscapes are really drawn like really interestingly too when they're cityscapes, and it's all really immersive. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. This sounds great, man. Yeah, this is issue one of three. I got to the end and I literally said out loud, I was like, I want more. (laughs) So I need uh, to go find these. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot an email to Brian. I'm willing to bet that he probably has it in his back issues. Oh, sweet. That's actually a good point. Good call out. Brian. Everyone visit Brian's Comics in Petaluma if you're in the Bay Area of California in the North Bay. It's great. It's great. There are dogs. There's an amazing Star Wars mural on the wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the people there are lovely tons of really cool back issues we've both found really neat like just random yeah. items there that we got a lot of kicks out of he also does every now and then five dollar grab bags where you just you basically pay five dollars for a brown paper bag and then you can stuff oh. as many comics as you want in there and i found some cool like i found the first couple issues of sensational she hulk there and this was totally years ago oh, when cool. when nobody cared about her but now i'm like yeah so i i paid a a fraction of a nickel for this issue that's in pretty good shape. So Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and he was the place that I bought the grab box from that was just yeah. full of comics. And there was a lot of good stuff in there, too. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I'm taking a moment to just kind of wax poetic about our local shop, but <sighs> he was really great about doing curbside pickups for people at the start of the pandemic, like, especially, you know, for those of us who were immunocompromised. He was just kind of like trying to find stuff to do to kind of keep the shop going. He was doing like, oh, I will do basically kind of pre-assembled boxes for 50 bucks where it's like 50 comics, you know, tied to various superheroes. So it was like, you know, various Flash comics, various Superman comics, various X-Men comics. That's so cool. And he would ship them wherever. He had some really cool stuff. And he's just like, honestly, one of the nicest human beings you could ever hope to meet. So. Really totally. glad that like his store has managed to 
to do okay throughout all of the last couple of years. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that's me. And I mean, it's just, here, I'll hold it up. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And just, the character himself is so fun. I love that. That illustration (laughs) style. That illustration style is gorgeous. Like, it's it's very kind of playful. But yeah, I really like that. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. I recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you have for us today? Okay, so the one that I want to talk about today is one that I found at Outer Plains when you and Sarah were making hats about a month ago. Yes. And this is Action Comics 645. So it was written by Roger Stern and George Perez. It was penciled by George Perez. Inked by Brett Breeding, colored by Glenn Whitmore, lettered by Bill Oakley, and edited by Mike Carlin and Jonathan Peterson. And I've included a link for you in the show notes. I want you to look at this cover because it is genuinely beautiful. Let's see here. Oh, wow. That is gorgeous. It's almost like Perez was an artist at the top of his game. Oh, Almost. Oh my gosh. Look at the color. Like that eye grabbing color. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the cover is says Superman featured in action comics. And most of it is it's like a compilation of pictures that are all in, you know, sepia tones. And then in the right side of it, with her face circled in these pictures, it's really actually a cool effect. There's this gorgeous redhead. Is that Lo- who is? Is that Lois? Who is that? No, I'll tell you about it in a sec. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know who this is. Who to say that this is? But she is gorgeous, and her hair's like flowing and kind of curling around in this really interesting way. And there's like fucking sparkles, and she's got this like like dark magenta lip, almost mm-hmm. black. And there's like this little bing, like sparkle in both of her eyes. Mm. Chef's kiss. Yeah. So that is Maxima, and this issue is the first appearance of Maxima. So Maxima is a princess from a planet called Almorak. She is basically as powerful as Superman or Wonder Woman, but her powers come more from like psionic abilities, but she's got like flight, super strength, like, you know, a bunch of mental abilities, things like that. And basically her thing was she was introduced in the late 80s. She really wanted to not really date or marry Superman. She just was like, you and I need to have a kid. No. It was all about like, you know, eugenics and selective breeding. But so this issue is like, she comes to earth looking for Superman because she wants to like make him her mate. And she and her, I don't know, like her kind of like, you know, right hand woman show up in Metropolis and her right hand woman is named Sazu. And basically, like, the first thing they do is they show up in an alley in this, like, gang of toughs, you know, just kind of menacing them with switchblades. But it's like, you know, (laughs) from the lens of today, you're like, oh, okay, I know what you're going to do. And then she proceeds, she proceeds to literally melt one of the dude's knives. And then she looks at him and melts his entire face. It's great. Like, just, it's, it's amazing. I'm like, (laughs) I really want to post a photo of this on the Twitter account with, like, happy International Women's Day. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I was thinking. I was like, damn, if I had that superpower. Oh, yeah, it's mm. great. 
But yeah, this issue is like, you know, it's the introductory issue. And this was back when they had like all the different Superman comics telling one story basically over, you know, a short period of time. So it would be like, you know, one story would show up in like Superman and then it would be continued in action comics and then in Adventures Mm -hmm. of Superman and then Superman, the Man of Steel. So this one basically is she shows up on Earth. She finds out that like the folks of the Daily Planet might know something about Superman and where he is, but she basically can't get any information, you know, from the people there. And she leaves them in this kind of like weird, almost like kind of like stupefied state, like she uses her mental powers to hypnotize them. And then she decides to kind of flush Superman out. And so she like causes this. It's like it's not quite a robbery. It's not quite a riot. She just causes chaos at City Hall and like holds the mayor hostage. And Superman eventually gets there. He stops her soldiers who have like all this power armor and stuff. But it turns out they're all kind of like mind controlled kids. And then Sazu goes after Superman with her like telepathic abilities because she's mad that Superman is too merciful. She's like, he didn't kill any of his enemies. So he is not a worthy. He's not worthy of Maxima. And then she, you think like kills Maxima, but it turns out that Maxima can just do these like psychic, like projections that are like, you know, nice, like psychic bodies. And so like what happens is like Maxima reappears like in her spaceship somewhere. And then she's just like, I'm going back to earth and I'm going to punish Sazu for betraying me. And you know, Superman better, better get ready (laughs) and that's it oh no (laughs) damn that's an adventure yeah you know there's something very charming about a lot of the superman books from this era i feel like there's kind of a a bit of an innocence that got lost when the 90s hit and the other thing is that because of the way that they were telling the stories they aren't afraid to sit there and kind of give a little bit more of a slow burn introduction where you have a little bit more of a mystery about what's going on and who someone is. And I really liked that. But Maxima's an interesting character. She shows up later on, you know, through the 90s as kind of like a Superman, originally an antagonist and then kind of like an ally. And she eventually joined the Justice League. But her initial costume, it was kind of like a metal swimsuit, which is, you know, sort of of the era. But if she was drawn well, like, you know, Perez would do or a couple of other people, she had this like cape that was very gossamer and it looked almost like butterfly wings. Oh, interesting. And it was really cool. And it was one of those things where if you had the wrong artist drawing her, it looked very male gazy. And yeah, then it, I get that. But at the same time, like if you had the right artist drawing her, it was, I felt, genuinely beautiful, even mm-hmm. though there's a lot of bare skin and stuff, you know, it made her look very flowy and gossamer. And I really liked that. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. I guess that's it for us for today. So. Thank you for joining us for our Dollar Bin Discoveries. We will be back next week with a deep dive episode. So for a deep dive episode, it's actually going to be really fun. We're really excited about this one. Like, like it's going to be rad. And hopefully yeah, you guys yeah. enjoy it. But until then, we will see you in the stacks. Thanks for listening to Tencent Takes. Accessibility is important to us, so text transcriptions of each of our published episodes can be found on our website. This episode was hosted by Jessica Frazier and Mike Thompson, written by Jessica Frazier and Mike Thompson, and edited by Jessica Frazier. Our intro theme was written and performed by Jared Emerson Johnson of Bay Area Sound. Our credits and transition music is Pursuit of Life by Adam McDonald and was purchased with a standard license from Premium Beat. 
Our banner graphics were designed by Sarah Frank, who you can find at lookmomdraws.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us questions, or tell us about how we got something wrong, please head over to tencenttakes.com or shoot an email to tencenttakes at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. The official podcast account is tencenttakes. Jessica is Jessica Witha, and Jessica spelled with a K. And Mike is Van Sal, V-A-N-S-A-U. If you'd like to support us, be sure to download, rate, and review wherever you listen. Stay safe out there. And support your local comic shop.